Welcome to the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me for this episode, it's Cincinnati head coach Michelle Clark Hurd. If uh, if you're not aware of her, uh, I'm not quite sure what you've been paying attention to recently. She was at Western Kentucky for the last couple of years and built a mid-major powerhouse. 20-plus wins every single year uh, from the moment she stepped on campus was successful. Uh, actually played at Western Kentucky where she was a standout player. So we'll talk to her about all those things. And then took the Cincinnati job somewhere that she had been in the system before, uh, a program that hadn't had a ton of success, had a pretty decent year last year, but the school decided to make the coaching change and, and they go with Coach Clark Hurd, and she's done a great job. They're having another good season. They've got 10 conference wins, which matches last year's total, and that's the most they've had uh, going way back. Uh, so she's done a really good job immediately. She's been passionate uh, about her program and trying to re-energize that Cincinnati fan base. So we'll talk to her about all those things and more, and we'll get her on the phone right now. This is The Jump Round. And welcome back to the Jump Around. And joining me it is Cincinnati head coach Michelle Clark. Her coach, thank you so much for for joining me in the the midst of your first season at Cincinnati. And, and you and I were just talking uh, before we uh, started recording. You guys are are playing well at the right time of the season. So thanks for joining me. I'm looking forward to to talking to you about you and your program. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to have opportunity. Uh, to just get a chance to kind of visit uh, with different people and so many people that do a lot of great things for women's basketball. So we appreciate it. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I uh, I know that you are, uh, you're proud of your team. You're, you're someone who likes to uh, pay, put attention towards others, but uh, I'm going to turn the spotlight on you and I'm going to force you to talk to me about you. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push, push the issue. Um, I want to go back uh, to your playing days. Uh, when, when you're back uh, and you're playing in college, when you're at Western uh, Kentucky and you, and you go to four NCAA tournaments, first and foremost, uh, when you go in uh, as a, a college freshman, did you ever envision that would be something you would accomplish there? Actually, I did. And, you know, the only reason why was because that program was they were, it was incredible. They had been to two Final Fours. Uh, and they had a lot of great players, and that program was just, you know, top ten in the country. And uh, I wanted to be a part of that. Now, I was a big baby, uh, and I didn't know uh, how tough it was going to be. Uh, but I was really excited about just that challenge and wanted to be a part of something special. Yeah. Well, you, you were, uh, and you did have a, a really good career, but then – uh, once you graduate, you spent uh, a good amount of time uh, just in the business world uh, doing not coaching. Yes. Um, what was it that eventually led you uh, to get into the, the college coaching game? Well, I try to be this way myself. Now, my college coach was uh, a big instrumental part in that. And, uh, you know, I had no idea uh, back in the times when, uh, you know, I was in college when I was hosting all the recruits and, uh, you know, they were coming on campus for official visits. And uh, I had no idea that, uh, you know, he saw something in me uh, with my personality and stuff like that. And, 
I'm just really proud that he did see those things in me. And so he, he convinced me. Uh, you know, I love uh, working with children. I uh, was in the recreation uh, uh, department, I, and that's what I did. I was a supervisor, and, and it was awesome, working with kids every day and just being around them, after-school programs and things. And uh, he convinced me that uh, I needed to change. Uh, and to come and, uh, you know, come to Nebraska for him, with him and uh, try this whole coaching thing. Yeah, well, yeah, you're, you're now taking care of children. They're just a little bit older, right? So, yes, uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Sometimes they act like they might be there. Yes, really I <laughs> understood. Uh, so you spend uh, four years in Nebraska, and then you spend three years at Cincinnati as an assistant. Uh, and you've talked about it recently, about uh, the culture of that Cincinnati program when you were there as an assistant that was so good. Uh, and then you take your first head coaching job uh, at Kentucky State, and Kentucky State, a program who had won one game the year prior to you getting there, you, you win five in year one, and then you win 19 games in year two. Uh, how were you able, in your first ever head coaching job, able to turn around a program so quickly? Well, I think I learned, uh, and you've heard me speak about this a lot, uh, Lori Turtle and, and, and the things that I learned here under her as an assistant coach and, and you know, of course, working with my, my former coach, uh, Paul Sanderson. I just kind of was able to put some of those things together when I, I got a chance to be a head coach. Uh, but the most important thing that I realized along the way, it was about relationships. It was about recruiting, about people. And, uh, you know, I met a lot of people here. Uh, when I was in Ohio coaching at Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of, uh, I had a great opportunity to be able to have some of those uh, people call me about players at, you know, Division Two, And so those relationships really helped. And how we turned that around after that first year was getting a lot of those players to come in there and believe that it was a great, you know, situation and that they could come in and play and we could turn that thing around. And we, we were really excited to get, uh, you know, I had a kid from Cincinnati, from Princeton, high school, you know, I met so many coaches and they really helped me. So yeah. I was really thankful for that. Yeah. Well, well, then you turn it around and then after that second season, you, you take uh, the assistant job at Louisville um, and you were there from 07 to 2012. Uh, what was it about um, Coach Walls and, and that Louisville program that, that made you say, you know what, I know I've built something good as a head coach, but I want to go ahead and take this leap? Well, it was two things. Uh, I worked with Jeff. Uh, he's like a, he was like a brother to me when we were at Nebraska, uh, and I just really trusted him. And you know, I was from Louisville, so I was that that was a great you know opportunity to go back home. And you know, my mom still lives there. But I think the biggest thing for me is after becoming a Division Two head coach, I really realized I wanted to be a head coach at Division One, mm. uh, and so I wanted to go and and coach against some of the best and learn. Uh, in the Big East, that you know, at that time was in the Big East, and, and and that was really exciting to me that uh, Jeff was going to take me along uh, and, and be a part of that. Yeah, well, you guys had a, a great run, obviously, when you were there. Three Sweet Sixteen appearances, uh, the first Final Four appearance, uh, as you guys came up uh, in the final game in two thousand nine. Coach, I got a. I'm going to make you an offer, and you can take whichever okay. one, whichever one you want. Um, 
I need in either a really funny Angel McCautry story or a really funny <laughs> Jeff Walls story. Either one. Uh, Jeff Walls was on the podcast not long ago. He gave me the uh, Angel coming to practice in hair curler story. So you can't use that oh one. Oh, my gosh. You can't use that one. How about that was the story I was going to tell you? <laughs> I am. I believe no, you can't. That's great. I mean, that's a legendary story. But, uh, yeah, so that one's already been told. So uh, you either have to give me another Angel story or... Oh man, you put me—you put me on the spot. I am putting you on the uh, spot. See. I am. I, I am. know. I am. I'm in the hot seat right now. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, Jeff Walls. Jeff Walls story. Uh, yeah. Man, there's so many. I know. Uh, I know. Let's see. I mean, you caught me with that one. I know. All right, uh, we'll come back. Okay, come back to that one so yeah. I can think about it. Yeah, we'll circle back. That's fair. I appreciate you. Okay. Being, you being a good sport for me. Um, well, after 2012, uh, the opportunity to go back to your alma mater opens up and, and you obviously go and take over Western Kentucky. And yet again, you are able to quickly turn around a program, but this time it was special. I mean, they won nine games before you got there. You go 22 and 11 in your first year. And that was your worst year, coach. That was the worst year that you had there. That's a, you had a terrible year, 22 and 11. Are you kidding me? But uh, yeah. in, in all seriousness, what, I mean, how? Just, yeah, how? That's my question. You, you know what's so funny when you say that? It's hilarious because, true story, uh, the staff and I, we sit down, and when we first got there, we said, hey, we just got to get to 500. Let's get to 500 before we can get to postseason, before we can be, you know, ready to go. We can build off of that. Then we get to Christmas, and we had already won that day. And uh, uh, so, the staff and I, we have to get together, and I'm like, look, we have to, re-, you know, and of course we do that. We did that as the staff behind closed doors. So, I'm like, hey, we got to readjust how we think, because this is this is really serious. We're, we're like... We're like on the double what we thought we would, you know, if we played right. So uh, I just think the buy-in, again, of uh, players. Chesby Gooch and Alexis Govan were there. Uh, I played basketball with Chesby Gooch's aunt. And so it really gave me, uh, and when we was at, when I was at the University of Louisville as assistant, we recruited Chesby a little bit. Uh, just really didn't think uh, maybe that her size, that she could play at that level. Uh, so she knew me. And I think going in, that really helped. Uh, she really rallied everybody kind of together and really talked about who I was, not only as a coach, but I think as a person. And so when I got there, I just had to really, really start building those relationships. And uh, because I'm a little demanding, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate and I'm demanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I understand and know that you have to build those relationships. So that did it. And they were hungry for success. You know, we, West Kentucky women's basketball has won a ton. They're, like, on the brink of winning a thousand games. Like, yeah. there's a lot of wins, a lot of history. Yeah. And uh, those players, Chastity and Alexis Govan and the players that were there, they were excited to just be able to make sure they could get back that prominence of that, to that program. So it really helped. Yeah. With the gap in between 2007 and 2012 when you were a head coach, how, in what ways had you had evolved since you were a head coach at Kentucky State to when you were a head coach at Western? Oh, that's a great question. I think the, uh, the biggest thing that I realized was just the level of how, you know, the preparation is totally different uh, because, you know, you go, I go into, you know, the Sun Belt at that time, 
and Middle Tennessee is around the light up the road. You got Rick Jensen, who's a great coach. You got all these great coaches and all these things already happening. So just the level of preparation uh, and, and getting a system in place that we knew that those kids would really buy into. And I think that, you know, in the credit to uh, Greg Collins, who now is the head coach at Western uh, Kentucky, mm-hmm. came in and we just kind of put, you know, they ran a ball screen motion, uh, you know, type offense. And so we just put those things together. And I think that that really was the difference between going, you know, that 2007 and then going to 2012 okay. and the things I had learned. Yeah. Well, then year two, you guys go 24-9, 13-5 and five in conference. You make the NCAA tournament for the first time. Uh, and then, you know, your school throws you a little bit of a curveball and, and you switch conferences and you go to Conference USA. <laughs> and uh, and all you do there is go 16-2 and two in conference, 30-5 and five overall, and win the conference. So I'm sure everyone in Conference USA is... Uh, cursing you under bated breath. Who is this new team and new coach? Right? Uh, but um, what was the challenge like there for switching conferences uh, and maintaining success and going to the NCAA tournament again? Yeah, that that was really a big challenge too. Uh, that was a phenomenal year. Uh, you know, you always have different things that happen. And, you know, it, it was just that year that I don't know. I, I, it's kind of like you said, coaching at your alma mater is totally different. So every day yeah. when I walked in, you know, I lived everything that I was telling those players every day. Uh, and just to be in a situation where you knew you were going to, you know, a stronger conference, another conference where you could just lay that foundation your first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that a lot. And I had some a lot of upperclassmen. And I think they kind of really had already bought into my passion, my vision, how we could always, you know, it, you know, we, and of course being in uh, the Sun Belt, we always talked about, you know, we always went out and played teams. We, we always wanted to play the big teams. We always wanted to have a chance to be on the big stage. And we talked about that a lot. And, like, putting ourselves in that position where you go from one conference to the next and be able to make a statement. Your first time is the time to make a statement. Mm-hmm. And our kids just follow that lead. And, and, you know, you know how it is. I tell people all the time, you got to have some basketball guys on your side, too. Absolutely. And a lot of things, uh, a lot of things went right for us. And, uh it was an incredible year and one of those years that uh, you always, as a head coach, remember your first one. Yeah. I will always remember that first one that, that we won that in the second year and, and how we won. And I will always remember that. But that 30 and 5, very special, very special. Well, overall, you go 154 and 47 at Western. You, you go postseason every single year, two WNITs, four NCAA tournaments. Uh, last year, by the way, in the bracket, I had you guys going to the Sweet 16, so you kind of let me down. You did? I, I well, did. thank you. Thank you for that. Well, yeah. no yeah. thank you for ruining my bracket, but... Uh, well, no, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> no, no. That happens sometimes, you know? You know, that happens. I, I just appreciate the faith. That, yeah. That's, a, that's a big deal. I but did. let me tell you something. Last year, I was really excited about our opportunity. This is a true story. We're sitting and we're watching the watch show with the team, and I'm thinking, man, where could I get the highest seed ever yeah. that we've had since I've been here? And then all of a sudden, Oregon State popped up. And I'm like, man, I'm totally not that seed at all. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and of course you're sitting there and you're like, oh, you know, you put a smile on your face and you're like, yeah, we're going to get back to the office. We're going to go to work. And I'm thinking, wow, I've seen that team play. They're yeah, really, yeah, really good. Yeah, so. they're good and they're really big. Yeah. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, so anyway, true story. Uh, that's funny. Well, um, your name, due to your success, 
really after year two at Western, you're, you're, every year, obviously, the, the coaching carousel begins and jobs open. Uh, and your name has always been one of those that, that gets thrown out and floated out there by people of, hey, you know, this bigger job opened up, you know, Coach Clark Hurd might be a great fit there or might be a great fit here. And, and you just stay at Western, you keep plugging away and building uh, such a, an incredible dominant mid-major force. But then Cincinnati opens. And I think you taking that job caught a lot of people by surprise uh, because mm-hmm. it's not a program that's had a ton of success in recent history. They had a, a, a good year last year that you guys have, uh, have almost yep. equaled exactly. But really, I think a lot of people kind of scratched their head and went, really? That's the one she took? Um, yeah. What was it about the, the program? Well, I, I think you said it uh, earlier when we first got on, uh, came on that, you know, um, when I was here, it was a lot of greatness going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lori Parker, they was in, we were in top 25. Uh, KB Sharp got drafted in the WNBA. Uh, we won a lot of games. Uh, it, it was, I knew um, that it could be done. Uh, and I knew with the different changes, uh, the new facility coming, the, you know, the re- renovation of the arena, all the how the campus has changed. And I had been here, but I just knew the growth of the university. And it really, uh, you know, and it's really important. Uh, my family, my husband and I, uh, we always said we wanted to make a decision together. Uh, you know, I'm very blessed to have an amazing husband that's followed me around through this career. Uh, and uh, when we were here, um, he really enjoyed it in Cincinnati also, too. Uh, and it's still really close to my mom, who uh, still lives in Louisville. And so uh, a lot of things just really added up. And uh, I think the next thing, I give a lot of credit to Mike Bone. Uh, he really uh, reached out and sold uh, a lot of things to me about being that one that could do this. And, and it's important. And I'm not saying that other uh, programs hadn't done that. Uh, but uh, it was just something about being here before, uh, and the success that we had just made me really think that this challenge was something that I was ready for. Yeah. Well, you take over the the team. You guys are sitting at eighteen and nine right now, ten and four in conference. You guys really are playing so well. You've won four out of your last five. Um, the I don't know. I don't even know how to say this, but you know, the question always in your conference is obviously that team that's sitting in first place that has been yep. sitting in first place uh, since they've entered the conference. Um, so this is not this. Is, I guess this is the argument of how and why do you believe you can do something in a conference that's been dominated by this other team for so long? I mean, really, right? The the argument is you're playing for second place every year. Right, that's mm-hmm. that's everyone's argument. So, yep. what what's your counter? What's what's your response to that? Well, my counter is that when I was in uh, conference here in Philly, we had to win the conference, and uh, yeah, getting to second uh, is uh, you get to second, and then you try to climb to see what else happens after that. Because my ultimate goal is to get us to the NCAA. You get to the NCAA, then we all know that is anyone's opportunity <laughs> once you get past those first or second round. Absolutely. That's how I looked at it. Yeah. Uh, and I also looked at the, the resources of the Billy. Ohio is an unbelievable hotbed for recruits. Yep. Uh, people come in all the time. And, 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 and I want to be one of those schools uh, that they say, well, this is something that's on the rise. Why can't we go here? We got everything that everyone else has also, too. So, that's how I looked at that. Uh, I totally agree with everyone. And then at the end of the day, 
I'm a competitor, and I want to have a chance to play against the best. So that's that's how I look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you guys have have done some pretty special things, and you and you've done it by committee. You you don't really have any particular player that. Uh, just, you know, is averaging 25 a game or anything like that. You've got your leading score averages just over 13, and then your sixth leading score averages eight. So you've got all those in between. Um, If you read about your your players, they said when when you came in, they knew about your track record, and they bought in pretty quickly. But um, what is it uh, about your team that makes it unique? Because that is unique to have a team that is so well-balanced. What is it about your players that, that creates that? Well, I think that uh, different people have grown at different times, and it's been really good for us. Um, you know, I had the upperclassmen and, uh, you know, Sam Rogers and the Antoinette Millers and the Nakira Bowens. Those kids uh, really had to help everyone else kind of, you know, lead the charge in, okay, we're going to follow this and we're going to, you know, come in and work every day and do these things that we need to do. And I think that that helped. Well, as you continue to keep pushing and you get better and you start, you know, just really laying the foundation and other kids start to realize, you know, their opportunity to step up at different times, too. And I think just how we've played, uh, you know, we change up defenses. We do a lot of different things. And so those things have allowed us to be able to be in ball games actually, too, because. It's a new, it's a new way, uh, kind of, of us being me being a new coach in this league, and it's still a situation where now our kids have really bought into that side of the basketball and doing those things, and we still have a long way to go. But that's the part. Uh, that relationship piece again uh, has really helped me. Uh, I know I talk about it a lot. I know I've said it a lot on, you know, as we're talking, but that is something that I know is a gift, and I love it. I love the relationship piece. I love, you know, does you not tell them all the time? Like, they, they, it hasn't been time. They get mad at me all the time on the court, me challenging them. But off the court, do anything in the world for them. They, actually, before I just got on with you, had three of them in my office. I mean, we're always, we're just talking about everything in life, in general, and everything. And that's the part I love. Yeah. Because I know they know that on the court, even when I'm pushing them, it's because I want the best for them. So that's how we've been successful. With uh, with your team, uh, and again, I I said they've kind of balled in right away. Did you did you get that sense pretty quickly after you got there that this was a team that was going to do what what you asked Uh, of them? No, because you got to understand, I came in. It's a different. I came in in a different situation. They won nineteen games, right? So that situation was a little different. Uh, So you. You, you, you got 19, you know, they won 19 games and you got some seniors, you got some people, you know, people that played. And, you know, so what we had to do as a staff is just really get them to understand we're just trying to go to another level. We know you did good last year. Now we're just trying to get to another level. So that part, and then the difference, every coach is different, how practices are, how things are. So it was not right away. It was definitely a growing uh, situation. And we took our, you look at our schedule and you look at some of the games and we took some lumps in the beginning, you know, but I think we grew from a lot of those. And I'm just one of those, myself and the staff, always continuing to teach. Uh, and I give a ton of credit to, you know, Shanice and, and Anna, the two kids that they graduated last year. We had a lot of kids, some points, a lot of, I think they said like 65% of us going, coming back. But those players had never been in that position before. 
not having the ball in their hand all the time or not having to be the one to take the last shot. Or, so that's why I give a ton of credit. We we really tried to break the game down a lot for them and really put everybody in a position for their strengths for what we had. After the uh, UConn game at home, uh, you guys lost by 10 uh, and, and really competed really well. Um, I saw a clip of you uh, addressing the crowd who had come and encouraging them to, to continue coming back, continue uh, to support your program, and, and your passion was uh, undeniable. Uh, it could not have been um, – you couldn't miss that. I'm curious, have you always been – um, that passionate person, or, or was that something that's just kind of been instilled on you, or did you develop that as you grew? Uh, I think I developed that as I grew. I always uh, have been very passionate and love the game, but believe it or not, I know it's just great shock you. I used to be the quietest thing walking. Oh, I never on. used to talk come at on. all. Like, I went to Western Kentucky, and probably the only words I said to Paul Samson was no sir and yes sir. That's it. <laughs> Uh, and, and so uh, now uh, I think in growing up and loving the game and learning how to love the game and understanding my story and where I came from and where I'm at now, that passion just burns even deeper. Yeah. It really does. That's where it comes from. Uh, and I think the ability to know, uh, to go from as an assistant to do that journey, my, my, my journey is a little different than others. You know, going to Division Two, then going back to, you know, be a sister in Division One, but then to go to your alma mater and to do what, like that. So the passion has grown. If that makes it like mm-hmm. the field or the far just yeah. grows and grows more and more. And you know, in that game, it's funny because I got a lot of people text me after that because you know people watch that and they, and uh, you know you what? How could you not be that passionate in a game in a situation like that? When your team, we literally went there and got beat by almost 50. And the whole turnaround of those players coming out and believing um, that we were in that ball game the whole way, it just says a lot. And that's, as a coach, that's what you, that's what you want. Hmm. I, I'll get you out of here. Uh, Two more questions for you, and this one, uh, this one I I use occasionally uh, because I think it's always the response is always really interesting. But for you, if uh, for whatever reason um, someone walked in today and said, "Hey, coach, listen, uh, today's actually going to be your last day coaching. uh, Period. After today, your your coaching career is done." Would you be satisfied with what you have accomplished if, in your career if that were to happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I say absolutely because I know every single day when I show up, when I show up for work, when I show up for practice, when I, I give everything I got. I give those players. I um, work to help build them as young women and not just basketball players. Uh, so I absolutely would walk away and be so uh, grateful to have this amazing opportunity and to be in the limelight that um, I've been afforded to be in. And so, yes. That's a good answer. Uh, I got one more question for you. Okay. Give me a Jeff Wall story. <laughs> I knew you were going to come back to that. I thought you were going to forget. 
knew you was gonna come back today. I don't forget. I, I do my homework. Okay, I'm I got. Well I do. I do got a funny one. Okay. I got a really funny. It's uh, so true. Okay, so uh, I'm at Kentucky State. Jeff Walls. We talk all the time. He, he's, you know, we're on the phone. He's texting me, and then I'm calling. And he's telling me that he's headed to Louisville to, you know, go on campus. He thinks he's gonna get the job. Because now you know Jeff Walls tried to get a lot of jobs. He, there was a lot of different jobs. I think that, you know, he wanted to be a head coach. Yeah. So, Jay, Jeff Walls, and I call him Jay Walls. So, Jay Walls is, is like texting, and I was, okay, Jeff. So, then he, he gets the job. So, he gets the job, and he convinces me, of course, to come on campus and go on campus and, and meet with the girls and just come up there. And, and it was really hard for me, like you said, because I felt like I was building something there. So, I, before I'm getting to leave, so I go by myself. I don't go with my husband. And so before I'm leaving, he's pressuring me like I'm a recruit. Like, he's like, no, you got to tell me now, like, if you're coming. You got to tell me. And I'm like, Jay Walls, I'm not. I got to go home and talk to my husband and figure this all out. Yeah. So fast forward a day later, uh, I decide, me and my husband talk that we're going. And uh, I go to my athletic director. She was phenomenal. I tell her. And I, of course, I don't want to tell the kids. I'm like, that's a big, like, you can imagine going to tell all these kids. I had freshmen, all freshmen, like, kids I had told I was going to be back. So Jeff Walls calls me 9,000 times, I kid you not. And he said, I know how you are. You are so about the kids. Like, you're going you're gonna to change your mind, aren't you? So I could not get into the meeting. Jeff Walls was calling me every five minutes. Finally, I had to say, stop calling me. I will call you when it's over. True story. And we talk about that all the time. And he was like, I knew I had to push you because if I didn't, you loved the kids so much, you would have you would have left everything. So I crying. You would have said no. So funny story. We that you know, we always talk about that all the time and I'm, and I just tell him I really appreciate him believing in me and and wanting me to be there with him to, to start that journey and wow, look at how amazing that program is right now. That's that is good. Well done, well done by you. Thank you. You pulled that one okay. out. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Man. We'll do it. Yeah. Uh, well, again, Cincinnati is sitting at eighteen and nine, ten and four in conference. Uh, if uh, if they are able to do it, if they win twenty games, it'll be the first time since two thousand two and two thousand three. Um, two more games left in the regular season. Uh, you host South Florida on Saturday. And then you head down to Tulane on Monday before the conference tournament. But, Coach, uh, I really am appreciative of you and your time. Uh, it's been fun watching you guys and, and really am pulling for you and, and your team's success going down the road. Thank you so much for, for having me on. And, again, I really appreciate it. Uh, just really appreciate uh, everyone that uh, really thinks so much of women's, women's basketball to highlight different people. And I just really appreciate it. I follow you a lot. And, and the people that you have on it. And so I really appreciate that. And thanks for, you know, taking the time to want me to come and join. Well, thank you to Michelle Clark Hurd, head coach at Cincinnati, for her and her time. And I appreciate her pulling that Jeff Wall story out. That's that's good, too. Maybe I'll just have a podcast one day where I just have coaches tell stories about other coaches and, and see if we can find the funniest one. Thank you for listening to The Jump Around, whether it's your first time or you've listened to every episode, it's greatly appreciated, whether it's on SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, iTunes, or, I'm happy to announce, Spotify. We are available on Spotify. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, then you actually sought it out, and I appreciate it. But 
So you know, uh, we are now available on Spotify. If you listen on iTunes, if you can leave a rating or review, that's really appreciated. You can find me on Twitter always at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is The Jump Run. <laughs>